Today we're going to look at how you can use iPads to start improving your departments. Welcome to the LearnMaker Podcast. These are not the apps you're looking for. A in-depth series exploring how teachers can improve learning with technology. So if we start off, James, so if we've got schools or teachers out there who are looking at um, maybe using their iPads more strategically, more focused, and, and how they can be used to start impact on attainment. So where, where should they really start? What's the first steps on this process for them? All right, so first of all, put the iPads down. That's essentially it, really. Stop using them. Just stop for a second and just think what's going on. Um, with everything else in, in school and, you know, working at different levels within school from the classroom all the way through to the sort of backroom of stuff, I always had to have a plan. No matter what you did, it, you had to have a plan when you went to governors for money, you had to have a plan when you went to the head to, to roll out a new curriculum. It's always planning. And one of the, the, the things that miss or is missing out with um, with iPad is a, a, a coherent plan. Mm. So schools have a tendency of just getting the iPads in the classroom or getting them in school because the school down the road's got them or they've read their latest blog on something and they think they should have them and it's the go-to branded thing. Um, so, you know, first off, stop what you're doing, put them down and actually think, what do we want to achieve? Set some sort of ground rule, set some sort of barrier, um, some sort of not barrier. Set some sort of um, fenced, walled environment that you can actually test these things out. Yeah, it's a good point because I think they should be viewed as a, a learning intervention like mm -hmm. anything else. So the schools are, they have a set budget. Uh, they have to choose whether to spend that on staff, on interventions, on technology. So when, yeah, when the, that technology does go in, you need to we need to make sure that it gets impact and value for money for them yeah yeah so i think that the first thing that um i would do when, when we've, we've been on on site with schools before is, is sit down with the with the slt and you've got to have slt on board because they control the budgets they're ultimately responsible for everything so they should be involved in it yeah exactly get those guys involved um and then i you know we've done this before and the easiest way the best way of proving results is to keep it focused so either keeping it in a subject area secondary school subject area or a year group or even like in primary school a class yeah. and just monitor it that way but and also don't pick um, the easiest option you know get something with a bit of a mix mix with it so again first thing to do vision and plan where is it gonna where are these devices gonna sit for a period of time how long the project is set a definitive deadline and then set some goals set some stretch goals but also set some realistic stuff I think that kind of that, that works um, certainly schools we've worked with before we've done it particularly around departments secondary schools tend to have quite a few iPads invested because obviously they've got more money that's you know, freed up a little bit easier um, so we've, we've focused just purely on a single department collected the iPads from other areas of the school put it into one area um, and and work with a focused group. Those that group then becomes the kind of go-to group. If you like the digital leaders, if you want to call them that, um, you know the go-to group for the next rollout or the next phase of the the deployment. Because again, this thing should be you know a, a phased or stage stage one of a bigger thing. It shouldn't just be seen as a standalone kind of project, really. So if we if we take the example of a secondary school, so we look at department side, mm -hmm. uh, and and we want to improve. Uh, certain performances in that department how how would you manage um, teachers expectations from developing new curriculum and new content versus how they evolve what they've already got so 
relying on their teaching experience rather than what the apps can do, for example. Yeah, I think that that seems to be the biggest uh, the biggest hurdle, the most difficult thing to get through to people is there isn't an app for everything. You know, there's thousands of apps and hundreds of thousands of apps, but there isn't an app for everything. And and apps just don't really cut the mustard when you're actually looking at these things long term. They're great for the initial start off and all the big wow stuff, but actually. You know, if you want these devices to have a long-term impact, it's actually more about the pedagogy. It's not really about the apps that you use. In fact, to be honest with you, it's not really the device that you use. It's the, the, the kind of mind change or the mind shift that teachers have to make. That's the tricky point. And that's the, that's the point to actually start from is, you know, laying it out and going, well, look, you know, these things are fundamental chain, game changers. But the problem is, is you know, it, it stops at the organic, the teacher, um, and if they're prepared to experiment and try and and you know and, and fail in some cases um, to do that, then that actually makes the project work. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, after you've done the vision and plan, the the next sort of development of the project really would be to actually get a a long term training plan. Uh, for staff now again if we consider staff as students and I'm in a classroom and I'm delivering something to a student i.e. in this case the teacher you don't want to power everything into them like push everything into them day one because uh, yeah that works fine you know and it, you'll probably see some impact in a couple of weeks but actually if you're overburdening them with everything in day one six weeks six months down the line a year down the line it's just going to phase out so it's something that has to be built in little kind of nuggets it's that it's that kind of um explorers kind of climbers mantra the dv mantra little and often you know you've got to have loads of little inputs that actually build up on stuff as opposed to you know just overloading stuff with oh there's an app for this there's an app for this there's an app for this yeah yeah so i think we're getting into the world of change management there which is yeah. you know probably a little bit more of a foreign concept to schools than it is from the commercial world but yeah it was only last week i was reading something from the teacher development trust that and they think it takes teachers on average around 65 hours to 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 build in something new into their teaching practice yeah yeah. um so when we approach training yeah we really need to think about beyond this the insets and you know the half term updates and take a more structured approach where staff are you know we, the re, the learnings revisited and that's sort of cemented in and then it, it it trickles through into classroom practice I suppose yeah yeah and you know when when I sort of organise CPD and stuff in in my career you're always tempted to use that first day back after the school holidays to sort of get six or seven sessions in and bombard staff with all the new updates. Well, actually, when you measure it at the end of that term, how much of that's actually had an impact in the classroom? Probably not a lot. And, you know, last sort of 10 years of my teaching career, there was an awful lot of that kind of stuff happening of, you know, sessions going on. And you're like, yeah, that's fantastic. But actually, I've got another session to go to. And that's fantastic. And where do I get the time to actually embed this? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's slowing it down a little bit and, and having like a year, a first year plan of, of how those things go together. Um, the, the interesting thing with that change management stuff that, that we've come across in some of the schools that we've worked with uh, is and so it's quite surprising actually again there's that uh, we've, we've spoken about this before the sort of walkers runners sprinters the you know the two island sort of analogy so that's like the early adopters the people who are yeah are and you, okay with technology from the yeah outside. and you, you would think that you would think that the, the the new teachers on the block the NQTs the sort of 22 year old students are fresh out of university that are up to date with all this stuff 
you would think that on the whole they would be the ones that would be awesome yeah, with definitely. the tech. Um, but actually, the, what I've found is that they're very good with it, but it's they're very good with it in their personal life. So they're very productive, but it's that transition from a personal device into something for teaching is actually quite difficult to, to get because they're not getting that at university level. The courses that are designed at university are yet to catch up. From what I've seen, are yet to catch up mm-hmm. um, to this mobile device sort of revolution that's going on, really. Yeah, and I suppose you need... You've got to have the classroom experience as well mm. and, the, and the pedagogy yeah, sort of understanding yeah. Yeah. of how to take a tool and apply it to the learning objectives that you've got. Yeah. And yeah, I think the danger can be that iPads, rather than becoming the tool, they become the focus of the learning. Yeah, you yeah. We spoke totally. about that before. Yeah. So yeah, we need to take a, a more longer term approach. So if we're not looking at sort of inset days and we're not relying on those, how would you structure sort of department change? Okay, so... Again, the, the kind of method that we've tried and tested and, and kind of refined over the course of quite a few schools now is one of focusing on just a, a core set of, of apps and a core set of workflows. Something that's flexible enough to allow staff to work they, the way they still want to work. So again, if you're thinking of sort of core subjects, English is a perfect example where there's an awful lot of written work. The temptation is to go, right, everything is going to go onto an iPad and we're not going to do this and this. And that becomes a little bit tricky. But, you know, for, for, for staff, it's, it's making sure that the device enhances what they're doing and it doesn't add too much in the initial stages to their workload. Yeah. So, you know, a, a simple workflow, as an example, would be just using the camera to take photos of the student's work that you could then annotate and then send back to them via AirDrop in the lesson. Yeah. As a simple little thing, one app with just the share function allows you to do that, which then frees you up in the lesson to yeah. sort of move around. And you're also saving market time later on. Exactly, you? exactly. And, you know, that once you then start breaking the back of, oh, okay, well, I've got to learn that, but actually that's going to save me time in the long run, that's pretty good for, for the majority of teachers. Because, again, it's that, that the, the only real sort of constraint for, for teachers with this is the time element. You know, and if you can show that you're saving time somewhere else, that they can then spend a little bit more time learning something else, then that gets the ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Think, yeah, I think perhaps uh, it's, it's something I haven't looked at yet, but it's it's definitely high on the list. Is um, is how students so almost how knowledge is cemented in their minds. A lot of schools we meet, their marking policy seems to have got out of hand, where it's taken over you know two weeks in some instances to for the teacher to market for the students counter market for the teacher to comment back to that before yeah, the yeah. student gets that yeah that finished piece of work back you know now the schools are pushing out five six lessons a day you know that means that the students potentially gone through 20 30 lessons before they get that piece of work back you know the train the curriculum trains pushed on um and that that content is, is passed in the student's mind and you know they've they've learned either the right way or the wrong way um, and then that's probably not going to change. You know, this is something I really want to look up because I, I think it'll be really interesting to see if there's a sort of set time frame in how learning is cemented in your mind long term. Yeah, like how fresh it stays in your head before it. Yeah, because I think yeah, the quicker you can get the quicker the teachers and you know and the educators can get the feedback to students, you know, the more malleable that that abstract idea is in yeah. their, their head and how. And they can then refine that, that better and develop their own understanding of it. Uh, so I think that's that's quite interesting. I think it's something we should probably look at later on this, down the line. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, from my experience with sort of 
being on the, the receiving end of marketing and feedback policies is nine times out of ten, in my experience, it's been to tick a box or to prove evidence. Mm. But actually, there isn't an awful lot of observation as to how much that impacts on the teacher in the classroom or in their personal life. You know, we used to, you know, you mark books and then you have to mark them weekly and then you feed them back. But what then happens is you're then having to give two sentences or three sentences in green pen then you have to give up time for the student in the lesson to spend five minutes writing back to you then you have to write back to them and it's all written Um, and you know there's loads of studies out there that have shown that you know students don't just learn through reading and writing actually the creative process of making something and then feed you know those kind of things are all neglected in the traditional marking and feedback sense Um, and that's where these devices really kick in is you know if you can take a photo or take a video or explain something to a student or a group of students in one bash and then send it to them via airdrop or a text message or a tweet or blah 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 blah. that then enhances that marketing feedback I'm not saying that replaces the traditional writing but it actually enhances it and especially in like practical subjects I mean you know with with product design and stuff when, when we used to do it is you know, if you want to show a student, oh, you've, you've, you've cut that wrong, or this is how to do this, you do it once in one lesson, and then another student would do it again, and then you've got to then do the same tutorial or the same thing with them. When actually, if you just have an iPad, you can get a student to video you, and then send it straight to them. But then you've got that video forevermore. Then that saves you that time, you yeah. know. Yeah, digital assets. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, going back to these the projects and how they develop, the key really is to is to get a workflow, a simple workflow that works towards the the teacher's sort of natural way of working, Mm. but also pushes the boundaries a little bit. So again, you know, when we've gone in and and done stuff, it's looking at the policies and being flexible with the policies. And again, that's a a big bugbear of mine is policies in schools tend to be very rigid things. Mm. um, And, you know, they're they're not sometimes, in, in some instances, they're not geared up to cater for mobile devices yeah you know. yeah they're, they're geared up to tick boxes yeah. more often than not from from the system that pushes down on them yeah i think that that's interesting i also think it's interesting so it, it ties into the sort of three pillars of education doesn't it so you've got um you know education is essentially or should be a triangle so on the bottom you've got the curriculum in the middle you've got the pedagogy and at the top you've got the assessment mm-hmm. so yeah if you tackle that assessment issue because it always sits at the top you know no matter what sort of system you i think you're well on your way there and then, you know, we, we looked at, we talked about the pedagogy side earlier. So this is the long-term approach instead of the, the inset day. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so if we're taking this long-term approach, you know, what's your, what's your feelings on developing sort of curriculum content, you know, via apps and that, giving it to teachers and departments versus, you know, developing their pedagogical skills and having them develop the content themselves? Yeah, so this, this one's... A... Oh, yeah, a really interesting thing, and you, I could talk for like days on this kind of stuff. So, the again, you know, based upon where majority of teachers are at this moment in time, they're very hard pressed for time. They're very hard pressed for you know work workflow, work life balance, all this kind of stuff. So, there's very little time for them to go out and learn new skills. Mm-hmm. So, most of the stuff then forces staff to then go and get the next best thing, which is an off the shelf type thing. So, I need a worksheet for that. I need a worksheet for this. I need an app for this. I need an app for that, which is great. And it kind of ticks the box short term, but long term, it just sort of cripples everything. So, again, with this, it's, it's kind of looking at 
the, the kind of attitudes behind that and freeing up some of that time and that space to actually get staff to then look at developing themselves. Because, the, you know, the CPD stuff, you know, that's out there, there's some really good bits. There's, you know, new technology that allows staff to reflect on their practice and all this kind of stuff. If they don't have the time to actually do that, they're never going to do it, no matter how many gadgets and gizmos you've got in the classroom. Um, so, again, it's, it's kind of showing that the stuff that you've already got as a teacher is actually still useful. You've just got to tweak it slightly. Mm. And again, keeping to that minimum number of apps and, and looking at apps that are flexible enough to allow you to convert. One of the, oh, one of the big ones um, years ago was Promethean boards and smart boards and Cambridge boards and all those kind of interactive boards. When you got the software for that, it would you would only be able to create the soft you'd only be able to create the resources in that software. Yeah, closed ecosystem. Yeah, it's completely sealed off. So of course, staff can't now get their wonderful presentations. They've got five or ten years worth. They can't get it out unless they do like loads of convoluted ways of getting it out. So again, it's that looking for an app or looking for a set of apps that's flexible enough to absorb like PDFs or videos and those kind of things. Once you've done that it then becomes actually it's not about the app and it's not about the content or delivering it it's actually about how the teacher then teaches and it's there that kind yeah. of stuff yeah definitely yeah that's pretty cool i like that yeah um, so what would you suggest on you know have you got the apps in mind that teachers could start using and, and bringing their content across and start digitizing it for the ipad use yeah i mean you, you know we we tend to there's there's sort of a handful of apps um that that, you, that are easy to use and easy to you know manipulate and again you could swap any one of these out for another one but essentially a creation tool would be um, explain everything for me that's brilliant there is show me um, show me which is like an equivalent of explain everything okay. but for me explain everything is the one that works yeah, it's, it's just, a market leader isn't it exactly and it's it just it's flexible enough to import pretty much anything and export to anything so future proofness if the iPad fell on its backside tomorrow, you could still get all your stuff off it. Um, and then after that, you want somewhere to share it or to hold it. So I would I would be looking at, if you've got iPads and you've got loads of them, iTunes U is the perfect way of doing that. Mm. Um, if you haven't, then again, you could swap that out for something else like Dropbox to hold the files, Google Drive, whatever, SharePoint if you really wanted to. And then the third one is then an assessment tool. So for me at the moment, Show B seems to be the one mm. that, that leads the way with that purely because I can feedback with audio I can feedback with video with static photos with written content you know with text message type speak um, they're, the, they're, they're the three once you've got that that you can bolt anything else into that so if you want to go off and do your app smashing and all that kind of stuff you can bolt on extra apps to that but for me that core um, that allows staff to be flexible enough but also enhance their teaching and learning dramatically. Yeah, without spending too much time as well, I imagine. Because yeah. it's just, you know, we're looking at workflows rather than trying to learn new apps and, and input new yeah. new things. And I think that's uh, that's one of the things a lot of schools stumble into unwittingly. You know, they, they buy in iPads and technology and get it in to make lives easier. Uh, but then they go away and they look for, you know, an app for every single subject. Yeah. And yeah. unwittingly, they're making their jobs harder because they're, they're giving themselves, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 extra things that they've got to learn and master yeah. and how they integrate into their lessons. When if we flip on a TED and we start using, well, what are we already teaching with? What are our existing lessons? And how do we focus those to the iPad? Yeah. And that's where we're going to get those big results, aren't we? And I think, I think the thing, the, the, the question you've got to ask yourself when you go to these sort of like app sessions and these, 
you know, like full day training sessions and stuff is, well, if I can't learn an app in like under an hour, mm. then is it actually worth me doing? Um, because at some point you're going to need to explain that either to a teaching assistant or another teacher or a student or a parent. And if you've got to spend an hour explaining how an app works, that's not useful. Um, you know, really, and we've done this before with, with, with schools, we've covered the core apps within a morning session. Mm. That's done. The rest of the session is then focused on workflow and it's kind of asking the questions of oh, how do you work? How does this work? How does this work in your school? And tailoring the workflow. Um, yeah, if I, if I had to go into a school and show somebody one app for an hour, two hours, and just, yeah, it's just painful. So, so how do, if anyone's listening, how, and they want to do more of this pedagogy training, how do they begin sort of broaching the subject? Because from my experience, app training and device training, you know, probably makes up 99% of like CPD around technology. And there's very little spent on developing staff skills or looking at the pedagogy and actually thinking, how do these things integrate and develop our curriculum? Um, yeah, so cu- there's a couple of approaches, isn't there, really, with this. I mean, if you've bought iPads, you're entitled to... Um, if a certain number of iPads, you're entitled to certain numbers of training from Apple and all this kind of stuff. And they do vision and planning sessions, which I think are absolutely invaluable. I mean, mm. you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, so it's surprising how few schools actually undertake these, don't they? And like mm. you mentioned earlier, schools are probably the best organisations at planning yeah, totally. um, long-term because you've, you know, you've got to get all these students through tests, a million and one things to plan. But then when it comes to technology, it's sort of that grey area in the corner that's just sort of left alone. And, you know, they, they don't tend to sort of strategize. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'll I tell you what, it, um, it just on, on the top of my head now, I, I suppose like a litmus test would be almost... If you walked into an SLT member's room, nine times out of ten, they'll have a war board of some kind. Yeah. So they'll have all the data of the school on there and all this kind of wonderful stuff. The iPad deployment, I reckon, in my honest, humble opinion, should be done exactly the same as that war board planning. Definitely. The same process. It doesn't matter how the planning works as long as there's a planning there. So if you have to sit cross-legged on beanbags in a hotel drinking pina coladas with post-it notes, do it that way. If you sit around a boardroom table and come up with ideas, do it that way. But you should have a plan. Without without a plan, without mon- you know uh, measurable things on there, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know that's that's where we find some schools get in touch with us is like you know they're, they're at that stage where they've just gone well we're not getting any impact on this it's like there's no plan give us a plan mm, um definitely yeah so i think without anything else just the plan first as soon as you've got something in place that should kick up the dust and it should actually go well actually yeah we need somebody to do this we need somebody to do this we need the it guy to do this or and that's the starting point just simply going and buying ipads is not going to do anything in your classroom and that sounds like a whole podcast in itself, the planning aspect. Dude, yeah, yeah, totally. We should do that. Add that um, onto the list. Yeah. I think, I, I think yeah. that's a good point to probably tie this one up yeah, uh, like before that. we diverge anymore. Um, okay. Thank you for listening uh, and watching if you've been joining us on YouTube. Um, we'd love to hear your comments uh, and your thoughts on the matter. So if you guys use using iPads, um, how's it going in your school? You know, anything that we haven't mentioned that we perhaps think is relevant just let us know in the comments section. Um, if you're on the podcast, find us at Facebook forward slash LearnMaker UK uh, and join the, the discussion there. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.
Bye. Thanks for listening to the LearnMaker podcast at learnmaker.co.uk.